0: Well, good morning. Yeah, I could listen to them all day long. Isn't that great? Hey, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, yeah, you're a little, that's good. Doesn't matter where you are in your journey, I'm just really glad that you're here today. You know, River Glen, we're, we're one church, we just happen to be in multiple locations our online campus our campus over in Pewaukee and right here in Waukesha. Now I'm Dave, I'm the pastor from the Pewaukee campus and we're kind of rolling some pictures here for you, taken from our Pewaukee campus. So if you've not been there, get a feel for what it's like. And I gotta tell you, I love my friends over at Pewaukee. They put up with me every single week, my relentless, Bad jokes, my bad puns, my dad jokes. They even forgave me a couple weeks ago. We had a, a free stuff giveaway, and we were giving away Nerf footballs, and I was standing on stage, and I was supposed to toss these out to people, and I thought, well, I didn't want to have it flutter, so I get a nice tight spiral, so I got a little too much zip on it, and I pegged a woman right in the forehead with a Nerf football. But they practice forgiveness. If you haven't been to our Pewaukee campus, you need to come and check us out. We have a a very vibrant RG Kids ministry. Our facility looks awesome. And if you come to our second service, you can go to Point Burger Bar right next door after lunch or after our service. And our band is led by Logan. And Logan and the band do a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Which brings me to a a bittersweet announcement today. Uh, Logan has served for seven years. He's led our worship. He has filmed and produced tons of our videos. He's led our worship band at Pewaukee ever since we opened our doors in 2018. Well, Logan has decided to begin a a new venture, and we're really excited for him because he is gonna be launching his very own new video production company. So Logan will be stepping aside from his staff position with us in early May. Uh, He'll be on stage next weekend, next Sunday in Pewaukee, And I invite you to come out and check us out, join us, enjoy the service, and wish Logan well. Now, Logan will continue to worship at River Glen, and he'll still be a part of our arts team as a volunteer. So Logan, I I know you're watching this today. So Logan, I want to thank you for everything you've done. We love you. We're going to miss seeing you around here every single day. But we know you're going to be fantastic at your new business enterprise. Hey, folks, can we give Logan a little bit of appreciation? So today, we're in week three of our series called Emotionally Healthy Relationships. And you might be asking yourself, why so much emphasis in healthy relationships? Why are they so important? Well, back in 1938, Harvard did a study called their study of adult development. It began with researchers conducting interviews and poring over tons of medical records of hundreds of patients. Now, that study continues yet today, and every single year when they look at the results, researchers discover the same thing. Healthy relationships are the biggest factor in predicting happiness and health. The bottom line is this, better relationships lead to better health and to better happiness. So today, I'm gonna anchor this message on two passages in the New Testament. The first one is from Matthew. It says, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And how do we do this? James says it well. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So, love the Lord, love your neighbor, and do so by being quick to listen. Now we've been learning a lot about what it takes to nurture these emotionally healthy relationships. And each week we're taking a look at one aspect of the five relational skills that we can use to help us grow as followers of Jesus, as we learn to love God and to love people more fully. So in week one, we focused on how important it is to clarify expectations so that we don't take unrealistic expectations into our relationships. Then last week, Ben talked about the importance of self-awareness, to honestly examine our emotions and our motivations so that we can know ourselves better. Today, we're gonna delve into another characteristic of emotionally healthy relationships, and that is the skill of listening. Listening is so important that it ranked as one of the top reasons why employees hate their bosses and why spouses grow resentful of one another. They simply don't listen. Now, my wife Sharon says that I have two faults, just two. Not listening to her and something else she said. I just don't quite remember it. I warned you. Bad puns and dad jokes. Just kidding. But it is true that I need to improve in the area of listening. Now, oftentimes, we simply listen to, to gain information, which, I mean, that's an important skill, but today I'm talking about a different kind of listening. Now, before I continue my monologue on listening, which is kind of ironic if you think about it, Let's find out if uh, you're a good listener. So i got a real quick, short little quiz for you. Three questions, true-false, here we go. First question is, I don't allow myself to be distracted when listening to someone. Second question, I don't interrupt or finish sentences for other people. And finally, I actively listen to the speaker, even if I think that he's a goof. Okay. now, how did you do? really doesn't matter, because no matter how you answer those questions, I hope you agree that you picked a good day to be here, to join us, because no matter how we perceive ourselves as listeners, we can always be better. We've got a long way to go if we strive to listen like Jesus did. Now, before we dive into the the qualities of good listening, I want to take a look at the responsibilities of speaking, because after all, Communication is a two-way street. So when speaking, there are really four guidelines to keep in mind. And the first one makes perfect sense. Speak respectfully and honestly. And number two is to speak clearly. Avoid being vague. State clearly what it is that you want the listener to hear. And number three, speak in a timely manner. Don't wait too long if you have something important to say, especially if it's going to challenge the person that you're going to be speaking with. And number four, consider nonverbal communication when you speak. It's true that our heart is often revealed through our nonverbal communication, our tone of voice, our facial expressions, our body posture. Even though we may not consciously be aware, of our nonverbal communication. People perceive and they respond readily to these cues. And it's really interesting from up here because I saw a whole bunch of you just kind of sit up straighter and smiling and starting to nod. (laughs) You kind of heard that part. So today we're talking about listening, but listening at a deeper level. Not just listening for, for information, but listening with empathy like Jesus did. This this deep level of listening, it's vital if we want to develop rich, emotional connections with people. We need to be tuned in to the words and the nonverbal communication of the other person in such a way that they feel felt by us. They feel felt by us. This type of listening, what it does, it enhances our ability to love people. Now, you may have noticed the, the title that was chosen for today's message is Listen Incarnationally. I have to admit, I struggled with this title, mostly because I didn't know what incarnationally meant. So I even played around with the idea of writing a a different title for the message. It was going to be something like this. uh, Never miss a good chance to shut up and listen. Uh, Pastor Ben said no. So what does it mean to listen incarnationally? Well, let's look at the word incarnationally. The the word carnate or incarnate comes from Latin, carnatus, fleshy or of meat. And it's expressed commonly in Spanish as carne and things like chili con carne or carne asada. So when God entered our world, he did so in the form of Jesus Christ. He took on a human flesh, he took on human form. The incarnation of Jesus was God entering our world as Jesus. He became incarnate, God in human form. And he did this so he could best enter into relationship with you and I. His incarnation, it was foretold 700 years before the time of Christ in the book of Isaiah, when Isaiah said, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and he will call him... Emmanuel. Emmanuel was the name given to the Christ child, and it simply means God with us. God knew. He knew the best way to show his love for us was to take on human form, a form that we would understand as he entered into our world. think about this. The creator of the universe, I mean, he left the throne of heaven to be with you and me. God is not some distant, disconnected deity. No, he is near to us. Jesus knows what it's like to be fully human, feeling every single emotion that we experience, our joy, our sorrow, our anger, our anxiety, and our pain. He feels and knows all of it. So incarnational listening is listening with love and empathy, just like Jesus did. Now, listening incarnationally, it isn't quite the same as the actual incarnation of Jesus, but there are some parallels. There are four aspects to this incarnation of Jesus to consider, and they are, first, Jesus left his world. Jesus entered our world. Jesus remained himself. He never ceased to be God when he became human. And Jesus lived between two worlds. He lived between heaven and earth. And if we look at each of these four aspects of the incarnation of Jesus, we'll begin to see some parallels that will help us to listen like Jesus did. So let's start. Jesus left his world. He selflessly chose to give up all the rights, all the privileges that he had in order to become one of us. In the book of Philippians, it says, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself to becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So when we listen, we too leave our world. We leave the the comfort zone of our own opinions and perspectives, and we, we open ourselves up to other people. And sometimes, sometimes to listen well, we need to be silent The quieter we become, the more we're able to hear. We start looking to the interest of others, just like Jesus did. The focus is no longer on us. We leave our world. And Jesus entered our world. He did so by 100%. He lived the human experience. It says in the book of Hebrews, for we do not have a high priest, Jesus, who was unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. He taught us how to listen, to listen through his example. Jesus spent tons of time with his disciples, sharing every aspect of life with them. He was fully present. He entered into their world. He he was never distracted, he never rushed, he was never impatient. He put aside himself, allowing himself to be interrupted so that he could give people his undivided attention. Now, do you realize that nearly half of the miracles that Jesus performed took place as a result of someone interrupting him? My favorite example is found in Luke chapter 5. Jesus had crossed the Sea of Galilee, and he was in the, the city of Capernaum. He was in a, a crowded house teaching when dust and debris just started pouring down from the ceiling overhead. Unbeknown to the people that were in that room with Jesus, there were some men on the roof, and they were tearing away at the, the roofing tiles. And once they created a large enough hole, they lowered a mat holding their friend, a man who was Paralyzed. Now, just imagine being there, imagine the surprise of this interruption. I mean, Jesus is talking, he's teaching, people are hanging on every single word, and all of a sudden, a man gets lowered in the midst of the room. Well, Jesus never missed a beat, and he gave that paralytic man his undivided attention, and Luke described the moment as this. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, "'Friend, your sins are forgiven.'" And then later in that very same story, Jesus was interrupted a second time, this time by the teachers of the law who began muttering to themselves things like, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier for me to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? The paralytic man stood up, and walked home, much to the amazement of the crowd. That man received the benefit of Jesus' full and undivided attention as Jesus forgave his sins and healed him. Jesus entered into his world. Jesus took the time to listen to the perspectives of other people, people like Nicodemus the Pharisee. Nicodemus struggled to understand what Jesus meant about New birth, the necessity of being born of the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus took the time to patiently listen to Nicodemus. Jesus entered Nicodemus's world. The New Testament is filled with accounts of Jesus' interactions with Mary Magdalene, Matthew, Nathaniel, Zacchaeus, and many, many more. He entered into the world of others. He allowed himself to be interrupted. He gave people his undivided attention. There's a book out there called Avoiding Stress Fractures written by a pastor by the name of Charles Swindoll. And in this book, Swindoll talks about a very humbling experience from his past. Let me read this excerpt for you. He says, I vividly remember some time back being caught in the undertow of too many commitments in too few days. It wasn't long before I was snapping at my wife and children, choking down my food at mealtimes, and feeling irritated at those unexpected interruptions through the day. Before long, things in our home started reflecting the pattern of my hurry-up style, and it was becoming unbearable. I distinctly recall after supper one evening the words of our younger daughter, Colleen, She wanted to tell me something important that had happened to her at school that day. So she hurriedly began, Daddy, I want to tell you something and I'll tell you really fast. Well, suddenly realizing her frustration, I answered, Honey, you can tell me and you don't have to be really fast. Just say it slowly. I'll never forget her answer. She said, Daddy, then listen slowly. How about you? Are you open to the interruptions of others? Who needs to know that you care enough about them that you're gonna give them your undivided attention, that you're willing to listen slowly? Jesus set a great example for us. He showed us how to listen to one another because he knows that we enter another's world through listening. Now let me highlight four thoughts that we learned about listening like Jesus as we enter the world of another. Jesus taught us to give the speaker your full attention. That seems pretty obvious, but if we just eliminate the distractions, I mean, put the phone away, stop doom scrolling and texting, turn the TV set off, because when we give the speaker our full attention, we're showing them that we value them. Jesus also taught us to step into the speaker's shoes, feel what they're feeling, and we form some really strong bonds with people when we strive to feel what they are feeling. Now we don't always have to agree with their views and those perspectives they have, but we should strive to understand them at, a, at an emotional, at a gut level. And Jesus himself, I mean, he was a pretty discerning listener. He certainly did not agree with everything he heard, but he asked good questions and he listened empathetically. Jesus asked questions to direct people toward the issues, the essential issues that they had in their lives. So we feel valued when we interact with a person who asks good questions, but we feel devalued by a person who seems to have all the answers. Heed the wisdom of Proverbs 18 that says, if one gives an answer before he hears... It is his folly and shame. Jesus also taught us to avoid judging, to listen without prejudice. Resist that urge that we all have to, to draw conclusions before the speaker is even finished. And don't rehearse your response instead of fully listening to them. We see the, the patience, we see the non judgmental nature of Jesus uh, on display when he had that interaction with the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. Despite culture, gender, and racial differences, Jesus lovingly interacted with her, listening to her, and sharing his thoughts with her. He easily could have interrupted that Samaritan woman, judged her harshly for her sins. But he didn't do that. Jesus instead showed that love must motivate the way that we listen. In John it says, Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. I'm often guilty in this area, judging or disregarding what another person is saying. Sometimes I am so busy preparing my rebuttal, I'm not even listening at all. Instead, I'm looking for that split second of dead air silence to kind of slip in my response and take charge of the conversation. James provides wisdom on this when he says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Think for a moment. How would the world improve if this became our mantra? Imagine how civil our social media interactions would become. There would be no more Facebook, no more Twitter feuds. There would be no more... Katy Perry versus Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift versus Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian versus, well, fill in the blank. Kind of see where that's going? And finally, Jesus taught us this, that is to reflect back what we hear. Summarize, echo back what has been said. If you're confused about something, ask for clarification. It's a way of saying, I really want to understand what it is that you're saying to me. Asking for clarification, reflecting on what is said is a way of honoring that person. Now, it takes courage to stand up and speak, but I think it takes more courage to sit down and listen. So as we enter another's world through listening, we should follow Jesus' example by giving the speaker our full attention, stepping into their shoes, avoiding judgment, and reflecting back what it is that we have heard. Now let me get back to the, those four aspects of Jesus' incarnation and the, the parallels for us as we strive to listen to others like Jesus did. Jesus remained himself. When Jesus took on human form, he never ceased to be fully God. He retained his divine status. He was fully God and he was fully man. The parallel to our lives is that we remain ourselves too who we are when we listen, in incarnationally. When we listen, we don't have to compromise who we are or what we believe, right? Okay, but sometimes, sometimes we avoid conversations with people who hold different opinions and different values from us. We mistakenly think that we're gonna be warped, we're gonna be changed by this type of interaction, so what do we do? We avoid listening altogether. We sever relationships with people that we see differently and they see the world differently than we do. We start hanging out with only people who are just like us. This isn't what Jesus did. So it shouldn't be what we do either. Showing compassion by listening incarnationally does not mean isolation, nor does it mean compromise. Being together, being being present with one another is what we need right now. In our polarized and angry world, we're often very quick to oppose someone who doesn't think or believe the same things that we do. If we listen to others at all, we're doing it simply to with the intention of arguing instead of understanding. When we miss an opportunity to listen incarnationally, we miss the opportunity to love people well. The truth is that we can listen to people whose views are radically different than ours without compromising who we are. Now the final aspect of the incarnation of Jesus is that Jesus lived between two worlds. While on this earth, Jesus lived in this this tension that exists between this world and the one to come. He fully embraced his humanity. He was completely present in his relationship with the disciples and others. He laughed with them, he prayed and listened and he even wept with them. Jesus was present in their joy. He was there in their pain. But he also reminded his followers of the temporary and the fleeting nature of this world. He lived in this tension. He was really careful to honor the moment and not devalue the importance of the, of the here and now while always keeping a steady eye fixed on the ultimate reward of eternity. So when we listen... We, too, live in a tension of two worlds. We live in the tension between our personal perspective and that of another person. Think about what would happen if we saw this tension as an opportunity to love instead of a problem that we needed to eliminate. The different perspectives we encounter every day from family, from friends, and from social media, they're not really Tensions, or they are really tensions to manage, they're not really problems that we need to solve. We are surrounded, we're absolutely bombarded by perspectives that challenge us, that differ from what we believe. Conflicting political perspectives, family and marriage perspectives, theological perspectives. But we can live in the tension between our personal perspective and that of another person we can listen in a way that shows the love of Christ to them when we begin to listen incarnationally just like Jesus did we start to embrace the chance to love others well so who comes to mind somebody who deeply needs you to listen to them where can you begin to practice incarnational listening you know maybe it's uh, somebody in your family a friend a coworker It might be a a social media connection. could be someone who is close to you, or it could be somebody that you're estranged from, somebody that you've avoided for a long time. Kind of get somebody that came to mind. Well, jot down that name. Remember it this week. But if you're like me, you're already beginning to wrestle with that name. You're kind of looking for a way out, an excuse to not contact them. Perhaps you're thinking, oh, I'm not going to reach out to him. The last time we talked, it ended up in a big fight. Or I'm not going to talk to her because I so totally disagree with the way she raises her kids. For me personally, I feel challenged to listen to people who are antagonistic toward my Christian beliefs. It's hard for me to listen incarnationally. When I feel attacked, I don't like being on the spot or being pulled and tugged out of my comfort zone. So if you're a little bit like me, you're already talking yourself out of interacting with that person. This can be kind of tough to hear, but this might be the person that you need to listen to. So the challenge of this week is to reach out to this person, have coffee with them, meet them on their home turf, Remember, when you listen with love and empathy, when you listen incarnationally like Jesus did, what you're doing is you're being Jesus to that person. So the invitation for us today is to join Jesus in building emotionally healthy relationships in our world by listening incarnationally, to join him as we enter the the brokenness and the pain of the people that are around us. Imagine how our relationships would improve if we were slower to speak, quicker to listen, if Christ followers became known as people who really listen. There's no force on earth more powerful than the love we communicate when we listen. Ultimately, we can't love well and listen poorly. Loving God, loving others, that's what we're called to do. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Father, for loving us. There's nothing we can do to to earn your love, but you pursued us, you pursued us anyway. Thank you, Lord, for being the example of how we are to live well and love well. Help us to accept people just as they are no matter how different they are from us. Lead us to love others like you did, with patience and empathy. Give us the courage to clear the clutter from our lives so we can be fully present with others. Embolden us to be courageous, to listen with empathy to the pain, the fear, the anger, and the joy of others, and to listen incarnationally, following your example. When we listen, we love. Let us love well. Lord, we pray all these things in your powerful and healing name.